Hey there, this is episode 26 of the Balance 5 podcast, how to find good mental health care that fits in your budget. Welcome to the Balance 5 podcast, where we talk about balancing intentional debt payoff, saving money, and actually living your life. I'm your host, Raylia, small business owner, wife, girl mom, nonprofit co-founder, and money nerd. This is an audio version of the Balanced 5 blog, because I know how hard it is to find time to sit down and read literally anything. Instead, you can get quick bits of money knowledge on the go. I want to help you learn to control your money instead of letting your money control you. Let's get started. So May was Mental Health Month, and that's when I wrote this blog post. In that spirit, I reached out to my own counselor to ask about resources for when you can't afford mental health care. And I thought that it was a good time to turn that blog post into a podcast episode because the holiday season is coming up and winter is coming up. And I'm recording this with my dogs in the room, so hopefully there won't be too many dog noises, but they're just too cute to kick out right now. Um, back to the actual topic, uh, winter and the holidays tend to be really hard on people's mental health, um, Seasonal Affective Disorder, or SAD, is a real thing, especially in the Northern Hemisphere, like, far north. So, I live in Montana, which is the northern part of the United States, and I notice a difference in my own mood and outlook during the winter, just when there's less sunlight and you can't go outside as much because it's so freaking cold, uh, my depression does tend to flare up. So... I am putting out this episode now in the hopes of helping you find health, mental health care now before you actually like critically need it. Uh, I'm a big proponent of finding a counselor or therapist that you click with and actually attending those sessions, but also trying out different medications and finding, you know, whatever combo of therapy, counseling, medications, you know, meditation, yoga, whatever it is that helps you feel the best. You need to take your mental health seriously, especially these days. One of the most tragic facets of life in America is the healthcare system in general. And that system breaks down even further when mental health is addressed. In many places, especially rural areas like where I grew up, Mental health care is nearly non-existent, stigmatized, or just unaffordable. When you can't afford mental health care or you can't access it, what can you do? Even for people with health insurance, mental health coverage may not be great. When the copay is too high to fit in your budget, it's easy to ignore the need for help. Other common justifications for not seeking help include lack of time, the need for child care, and a denial of your true need. Mental health care is self-care, though. Fortunately, there are multiple ways to get the affordable mental health care you need, and the trick is knowing where to look. 
First, we're going to talk about free nationwide mental health resources. First and foremost, if you need mental health care, seek it out. There's no shame in getting treatment for a medical condition, including depression, anxiety, and more. Counseling, medication, and other treatments save lives and improve lives. If you are contemplating suicide, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or text the word LISTEN to 741-741. The service is available 24 hours a day for anyone in crisis. Mentalhealth.gov also lists other resources where, uh, for when you can't afford mental health care as well as assistance for those who do have insurance. Mental Health America offers a wide variety of mental health screening tests online. These tests can be a starting point for, you know, admitting to yourself that there is something larger going on in your life. The website also provides suggestions for self-help and assistance in finding a provider. And there will be links to all of these resources. Like, this is a very link-heavy blog post. Um, So you can either go to the blog post or check out the show notes uh, in your podcast player. Uh, I want to make sure that you can access these resources. There are so many good ones out there. You can also dial star 211 to connect to the United Way which will give you access to local resources. And dialing this number should put you in touch with a 24-hour crisis answering service through your local help center. These services extend beyond mental health care. For example, you can also receive assistance with paying your your bills or COVID relief. So if you have any sort of problem, try that number and see if you can find somebody to help. Domestic violence also greatly impacts mental health as well as physical well-being. If you are being abused, whether it's physically, mentally, emotionally, or financially, please reach out to the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE, which is 7233. There's also a live chat feature on the website if you feel sure that your internet usage is not being monitored and it's safe for you to engage in an online chat. Montana mental health care resources. So obviously I live in Montana and I wanted to provide more local resources. Um, I will be honest, I didn't look up any statistics, but uh, suicide is a big problem in my state. And I... I honestly don't know if it's worse on the High Line, which is, you know, the northern part of the state where I grew up, but I have heard so many tragic stories of young people, like, you know, late teens, early 20s, completing suicide, and so I wanted to provide resources for people who may be a little closer to home. In the Gallatin Valley, your best resource is the Help Center, which can be reached at 406-586-3333. The Help Center serves as a 24-hour crisis line and the answering service for all the local therapists who are on call. Thrive is another local option for finding resources to help in stressful situations. 
they don't just focus on mental health care. They have a lot of resources to help people in a crisis situation. The Help Center can also connect you to the Hope House, which is a crisis facility in Bozeman. Hope House had an open-door program pre-COVID, which meant that anyone needing treatment could drop in during a rough time and see a therapist without an appointment. I don't know if that program is currently active, but you could give them a call to find out. Another great local resource is Community Health Partners. The Belgrade, Montana office has a community resource coordinator who can put you in touch with the local resources you need. And this free service can even assist you when you are applying for Medicaid or Social Security benefits, for example. For those in Western Montana, contact the Western Montana Mental Health Center based in Missoula. No matter where you live, I recommend dialing star 211 to reach your local crisis center easily. And that's probably the quickest way to find resources in your area, even if you live outside of Montana. Sliding fee clinics help when you can't afford mental health care. Mental health agencies often offer a sliding fee payment scale. The amount you pay for mental health care is prorated based on your income. And to find a provider near you, you can just Google mental health sliding fee near me or something similar. You can also enter your information into the search for, it's a, it's a database, it's the free slash low cost slash sliding scale mental health clinics database from Needy Meds. I was able to find a list of local providers that I know personally offer a sliding fee scale, so it does seem to be pretty accurate, and it might be a lot easier to find somebody that way versus Googling. A nice benefit of using a mental health clinic for treatment is medication options. A therapist or counselor cannot prescribe medication, but a medical doctor can. Medical health clinics often have a psychiatrist who is an MD on staff. That means you can receive counseling and any necessary prescriptions from the same place. And that's an especially helpful feature for people whose diagnoses are harder for a general practitioner to treat when it comes to medication. Plus, it would save you some time, probably. Check universities for therapists in training. So if you're lucky enough to live near a university that has a psychology or counseling program, you may be able to receive mental health care at the university clinic. These clinics are staffed by therapists in training under the supervision of a licensed professional. Since you're seen by a trainee, this session may be free, low cost, or on a sliding scale. So they're a great option for anyone who can't afford other mental health care. It's important to know that these sessions are often videotaped with the supervisor watching the video feed in another room. You should also verify if the supervisor is on site for your own safety's sake. University clinics usually don't allow you to choose who you see initially, but they will work to match you to a suitable trainee. Once a relationship has been established, you should be able to see that same person again. And this type of clinic will often treat children, teens, families, and couples, as well as, you know, individual adults. Look for a program that has a supervisor 
with a play therapy credential if that's what you're looking for for your child. You can look for the letters RPT-S after the counselor's name. That stands for Registered Play Therapy Supervisor. How to find other local options when you can't afford mental health care. When you don't have health insurance, ask your mental health provider if they offer a self-pay discount. Providers often give a discount when they don't have to go through the insurance claim process because that is a hassle. I know it's a different situation, but one of the clinics where my daughter receives therapies at offers a 20% self-pay discount, so they avoid insurance time-wasting, and I save 20% if I have to pay out of pocket. Even with insurance, you can always ask if a provider offers a prompt pay discount. I've seen this more with larger providers like a hospital system, but it doesn't hurt to ask anyway. To find a mental health provider during a time of crisis, call the local emergency room or the psychiatric unit of the hospital, and the employees there should be able to direct you toward a qualified professional who can help you right away. For less time-sensitive treatment, ask your primary care provider for recommendations. A doctor who actually knows you may be able to refer you to a compatible mental health care professional. Virtual mental health care options. One positive side effect of the coronavirus pandemic is the prevalence of telehealth or virtual medical care now. Many health insurance companies will now cover telehealth appointments when they wouldn't before. Virtual appointments aren't a great option when you can't afford mental health care, but they are more convenient and better than nothing. Telehealth reduces some of the other barriers to accessing mental health care, too. Accessing care virtually eliminates the commute, reduces the need for child care, and makes the appointments more private. Before beginning telehealth counseling, make sure that your health insurance will cover this type of visit. Your therapist may do the legwork for you, but having that knowledge will prevent a surprise bill down the road. Even without health insurance, there are many virtual mental health care options. The out-of-pocket cost will be higher than an insurance copay, but it's a good option for busy people. Some also offer texting or messaging options, so that makes counseling even more accessible at more times. Here's a list of virtual counseling providers. Note that this isn't an extensive list, but these are the first ones that I came across. BetterHelp uh, provides counseling for individuals, couples, and teens. Faithful Counseling provides Christian counseling. Teen counseling, it's pretty self-explanatory. Regain is a provider for couples counseling, and Pride Counseling provides LGBTQ counseling. In the show notes and the blog post, there's a link to an article from Top 10, and it provides ratings, reviews, and more details about many different providers, including the ones listed above. There are mental health and insurance concerns, of course. You should always check with your health insurance provider to ensure that your appointments will be covered by your specific plan. So don't just Google, does Aetna cover 
therapy appointments. You need to know about your specific plan. Ask for a list of specific diagnoses, including diagnostic billing codes, to cover your bases. A lot of times your mental health care professional will do that for you. But if you have to do that, research yourself. It's important to get those billing codes too. And if you do that research, share that information with your provider to make sure that the billing is processed correctly. Children's mental health coverage. Children's mental health coverage can vary from the coverage provided for adults, even under the same plan. There may be limits on the number of visits per insurance year or other differences. A child on Medicaid who has been diagnosed with a specific emotional disturbance can qualify for additional visits. Private insurance policies may have a similar exception for SEDs, so make sure to inquire. Serious emotional disturbance does sound scary as a diagnosis, but just you know, regular old anxiety falls under the SED umbrella. And this helps make counseling more accessible to children who are less severely impacted. Other SEDs include bipolar disorder, conduct disorder, eating disorders, obsessive compulsive disorder, and psychotic disorders, including schizophrenia. Most policies cover a wide range of conditions. As long as the child receives the proper diagnosis, mental health care should be covered by health insurance. If you are concerned about your child's behavior or coping skills, please, please seek help for them. Insurance is unlikely to cover an appointment between the child's parent and the counselor, so that's important to remember, even if it is an update on the child's progress. The parent can instead ask to speak to the therapist at the beginning or end of the child's regular session, and when the regular session is covered, the parent's portion will be too. That's a tricky little workaround for you. Adults mental health coverage. Mental health coverage for adults will often cover depression, anxiety, and more severe diagnoses like schizophrenia and bipolar disorder. Another concern is couples counseling. Many health insurance policies won't cover couples counseling, but they may cover family counseling. And a family can be just two people. Ask your counselor or their billing department to help you with getting approval if you're having trouble in that area. Appealing insurance denials when you can't afford mental health care. Health insurance policies lacking in mental health coverage will likely result in at least one claim denial, especially when you first get started. Appealing insurance denials is a whole process and that can be a lot to ask of someone with depression. I have a whole guide on appealing health insurance denials, but the main takeaway there is to never give up. I know how overwhelming that sounds. I've been in that spot. And when you find yourself there, reach out. Ask a trusted friend or family member to help you with the process. Inquire whether your health insurance company provides an advocacy resource too. That could be a good way to get the appeals process started. How to find a compatible mental health care provider. Start the process by checking with your health insurance to get a list of in-network mental health professionals. I also recommend asking close friends or family members for recommendations if that's possible. Your other doctors 
are a good source of recommendations too. General practitioners and OBGYNs often have lists of counselors that they refer patients to. So with the pandemic mental health crisis, I assume most medical professionals will have access to such a list or they can find one for you. Asking someone who actually knows you may allow you to find a counselor who is a good option more quickly. It's important to interview potential counselors to ensure that you're a good fit. There are no dumb questions at this time. It's more important to find someone you are comfortable opening up to. Questions to ask yourself about a potential counselor. Will I feel more comfortable with a male or female? Will I feel more comfortable with someone older, younger, or about my age? Does this person make me feel safe and comfortable? And if you're in person, is the space comfortable and welcoming? Is it sterile or intimidating? Questions to ask a potential counselor. Have you dealt with my health insurance provider before? Can you check with my insurance to make sure my appointments with you would be covered? Do you have experience helping others with concerns like mine? What is your therapy philosophy? What methods do you use? How would sessions with you look? The first mental health provider that you see may not be the best person to work with you. And that's why it's so important to keep trying until you find that perfect fit. A good therapist will conduct an initial meet and greet, and that might be virtual now, but this is a good chance to get a feel for the counselor to see if you feel comfortable with them and their philosophies. Remember to trust your gut and ask yourself if you feel safe with this person. If you have other options, don't proceed with anyone who won't meet or discuss their methods. Also, know that agencies may not allow a meet and greet appointment or a lot of personality in their offices, so it may be harder to get a feel for someone working in that environment. Why is mental health care so important? When you know, you just know. I am constantly suggesting that friends and family members seek mental health treatment. Even for those who haven't experienced major trauma or loss, counseling can make a huge difference in the quality of life. I have recently seen a push on social media to share more stories about mental health and the importance of treatment, and I heartily support this effort. Mental health care is as necessary and normal as any other type of health care. And so I'm going to share a little bit of my own personal story with mental health care. I began my own journey with depression, anxiety, and counseling during my senior year of high school. At that point, I lived in a small rural town with limited resources, so I just never really clicked with the only counselor treating minors. I did begin taking an antidepressant, which helped me so much as I transitioned to college and living apart from my family. When I was 21, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, and I eventually had to give up my dream of becoming a CPA, which I know is a weird dream, but that's all I wanted to do since like my freshman year of high school. I just didn't think I could compete with others who could actually fulfill the rigorous work requirement 
even though I'd passed all of the academic and testing qualifications. And accepting a less stressful accountant position, so it wasn't a CPA job, it was just an accountant, it wasn't enough to keep me working full-time. Luckily, for some reason, my pregnancy with my older daughter put my Crohn's symptoms into remission, where they remain today for the most part. Living with Crohn's and completely changing your career goals is hard enough, but then my older daughter was diagnosed with spina bifida, myelomeningocele, and hydrocephalus at our 20-week ultrasound during my pregnancy. She has had multiple surgeries, hospitalizations, new diagnoses, and therapies since then. Our lives have changed pretty dramatically from our original plan. I quit my job and became a full-time caregiver to a child with many medical needs. I love her so much, but it is a lot. Then we had another baby. My husband also works non-traditional and variable schedules, and that all means that managing our home and our family life and all of the medical stuff largely falls on me. Through all of these huge life stresses, I've been in counseling. Finding the right fit with a counselor gave me the skills I need to cope with so many traumatic experiences. And I can honestly say that my life would not be as happy and stable as it is today without affordable mental health care. I'm a better wife, sister, and mom because of what I've learned in counseling. More importantly, I'm a better me. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoy the Balance Five podcast, I'd be so grateful if you left us a review on iTunes or told a friend. As always, you can head to balancedfi.com to connect with me and stay in touch. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and Twitter at balancedfi. Until next time, stay intentional and look for balance.